Welcome to Dental IQ, a place where you're going to hear from some of the most accomplished names in dentistry. I'm your host, Fabio Alfieri, and I sat down this week with HighSmile's very own Head of Research and Development, Dr. Mauro Pascolotti. Mauro holds PhDs in multiple scientific fields and was formerly the lead scientist at the Griffith Institute of Glycomics. This week, we sat down and chatted through some of the challenges that Mauro faces when formulating the future of teeth whitening and also the selection of advanced ingredients for more effective and safe whitening. Stay tuned and enjoy the podcast. Dr. Mauro Pascolutti, thank you very much for joining us on Dental IQ this week. Oh, thanks you very much for having me. I didn't have to travel too much. I <laughs> no. was just 10 meters down yeah, there. I can think I can see your desk <laughs> from here. No, I'm glad it was convenient for you. Mauro, when it comes to product formulation, you are the grand wizard in oh, this space you. at the moment. And there's heaps I'm going to pick your brain about in terms of what it's like actually developing the future of teeth whitening and also oral care and cosmetics as well. But before that, there's a lot of our listeners who aren't going to know much about you. So I kind of want to get started right at the beginning. Yep. Um You'll hear a lot of Mauro's thick accent on this podcast because he is born and bred in Italy. Yes. Yes. So Milan, Italy, right? Yes, exactly. Right, right. So you've got a few PhDs under your belt and I'm assuming that that education process kicked off in Italy. Yeah, kicked off in Italy. I went to university uh, studying um, chemistry. Then I did um, a PhD in uh, organic chemistry. And after that, I didn't really know what to do in my life. So I decided to pack my bag and uh, travel to Australia. Right, right. So university in Italy, got your first PhD whilst you were there as yep. well before coming here. What type of what type of student were you? Were you always very sort of obsessed with the chemistry side of things? Were you, you know, very um, book smart? I I would say I was I was not book smart. I love study. I love learning every day. But uh, I have to honestly tell you one thing. I never cheated during study. There was, there was only one time that this happened. And hopefully, this was... <laughs> hopefully it wasn't getting your PhD. That might be a concern. Nah, that was early stage. <laughs> and I think my mom still has a photo back home of uh, that day. So it was uh, the day of uh, the final exam to go to university before going to university and uh, high school. And... Uh, I was very, very good in scientific uh, subjects, and I was very bad in Italian. Italian being literature, I'm assuming. Literature, yes. Right, okay, so our version of what English would be English, exactly. So, and unfortunately, I had to pass this, and I was sure that if I didn't cheat, I didn't pass. So, I had to take that. (laughs) That's That's a fair (laughs) enough risk to accept, I think. Yeah, so, and um, usually we... Uh, in Italy for the exam, we have to write essay. And um, usually it's two hour writing essay and um, we have around 100 or 250 topics which would be picked for uh, that day. And uh, we knew the topic, the 150 topics. So I decided to print in very small notes each of these hundred topics. <laughs> wait, wait how, wait, how small are we talking? We're talking this size. All right, for our listeners, Mara's holding up about five centimeter gap. Five centimeter, five by five, very small printed. I spent a month to prepare it because right. uh, I didn't, but that was the only way for me to pass. <laughs> so I printed this hundred uh, essay and I stapled them all into my shirt inside of my shirt so i had a t-shirt and a shirt covering it but the smartest part was <laughs> on my dictionary because you were allowed to bring your dictionary during the literature exam 
I put a map indicating each specific position of each topic. In your shirt? In my shirt. So there was a map in the dictionary that you would refer to once you got in the exam yeah. and it's, okay, yeah. it's uh, it's this topic. And you go, okay, I know that that's row yeah. B and yep. number seven. Exactly. In my <laughs> that's, uh, it was the only time I cheated. Oh, that's, you know what? <laughs> I feel like if you can cheat as clever as that, you should be allowed to cheat. <laughs> that's That seems fair to me. Yeah. Right, so since the cheating uh, fiasco in high school, then you went on to study your PhD. In it. I study. I started to study chemistry, mm -hmm. which was general sci chemical science, right. and then I um, I started to do. Uh, we we did. I did a PhD, and then moving that after uh, studying the PhD in Italy was a, a time where uh, the chemical industry was not very strong, so it was very hard to find jobs unless you were recommended by someone. Mm. And I didn't know many people in the industry, so I talked to my mom and dad and I convinced them to, to buy me a ticket and to come to Australia just for a year of travel. Wow. How old were you at this point? Uh, 24. So 24. Tw this is... Yeah, 20, almost 25. So yeah. what year is this? 2007. 2007. So no, 4 November 2007. Right. So you're in Australia. You're broke, I'm assuming. Broke, yes. Broke, yeah. yeah. Uh, you barely speak any English whatsoever. Oh, I could not speak English. The only thing I could I could read and, and say was stop because I learned from the um, road sign. The stop sign. <laughs> okay. So you're in Australia. You speak one singular word of English yeah. and you have a PhD. Yes. Right. So talk me through what was your first steps in trying to stay in Australia? Uh, the first step was start to, I started to work as a waiter in, a, of course, an Italian restaurant, but I was not that good because I could not speak English. So I could not entertain clients. So I, I, I moved back into a kitchen and cutting potatoes and carrots. With and a PhD. With a PhD, add. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, after that, uh, in the meantime, I met my wife, my current wife, but... And I, I, I was, I would say, it was the early stage of our relationship. So um, we really, I really want to stay in Australia. And I decided that the only way for me to extend another year was to go to work in a farm. So I traveled a couple of farms, banana and mandarin farms. <laughs> and wow. that was for uh, eight months. Eight months. Eight months, living, sleeping in a van. Wow. And with my best mate. And uh, so we initially, I, 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 I missed a step. When we came to Australia, we were first best friend. Two decided to come back uh, after a couple of months because they could not, they could not handle mm. the, the, I guess there was the cultural difference between Italy and Australia without speaking English. Right. And the only guy that stayed with me is still he, currently here in Australia and lives oh, yeah. in Sydney, Valentino. Right. So, so at this point, how much English do you speak? Uh, none. Still I, none? No. I, so... I decided to to learn English by myself. I bought book books, a couple of books, and at nighttime. So we used to wake up at 3.30, 4 o'clock start picking Mandarin or bananas, depending on the day, and uh, finish at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So we had a, an afternoon studying a couple of chapters of English, and uh, this lasts for eight months. After that, I was able, I guess, to have a, an okay conversation. Right, right. So from that point in time, where does your education then kick off again? Kick off again because uh, I could not work in a farm for my life. So, <laughs> so, you're, so you're a failed waiter, you're a failed farmer, <laughs> yeah. but somehow you've got multiple PhDs yeah. as well. <laughs> so what happened uh, was uh, 
to again to start to 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 try to start in Australia was uh, to become a student, and uh, I thought I need to pass the English test. So we, I studied to pass the English test. I passed the English test, and I started again a PhD in uh, drug development or drug discovery mm. at uh, the Institute for Glycomics in Australia. Right. So since graduating that, what was the first job that you had directly out of university? I work as a research assistant at at uh, Institute for Glycomics in Australia. Oh, okay. Right. right yes. Right. And after that, I moved uh, to Brisbane in uh, at the Skyting Institute, which is another, uh, let's call it research center. Right. And what's it like working with the glycomics department? Um, very good. I, I really enjoy my time, but after trying this experience, uh, the only thing I can say, scientists are different breed. Mm. And uh, I really love working with uh, the community that I'm in now. Right. Well, that's good to hear because I'm sure yeah. the community is very happy to have you at least. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. So you're at the Institute of Glycomics, right, yeah. as a senior researcher. Yeah. The next step from that role was into High Smiles Front Doors, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Right. So how long were you actually with Griffith University for? Um, around 10 years. 10 yeah. years. In different, in different parts of, of Griffith, different campuses and different institutions. Right. So. And at this time, what was your knowledge like on the dental industry? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know much about it. I used to have my teeth clean every eight months to a year. Mm. And that's about it. Yeah. Right. So that transitional period between going from the Institute of Glycomics, which is wildly different from what yeah. the industry you're currently in, to you know joining High Smiles team, what was that journey for you like? Trying to become accustomed enough with this industry that you could hit the ground running. Um, I was very lucky because I had a four to five months buffer before I I decided to uh, to change industry. So. And of course, I promised myself when I start a new job, I need to be up to speed for uh, the current industry. So I, I study, den de let's call it dentistry in general, what's involved in uh, cos oral cosmetics, uh, the biology, the physiology around the uh, oral. Mm, right, right. And in that period of learning about um, not only just teeth whitening, but yeah. the entire physiology of um Sort of oral care and the yep. and the oral environment and so forth. What as you were starting to dig deeper on teeth whitening in specifically, what were some of the things that were coming up that were sort of most intriguing to you or even concerning as well? What were some of the flaws you sort of saw, saw in the industry? Um, so when I when, when I was reading, because the first thing a scientist does goes back to the published articles, and uh, the there are a lot of articles where. Uh, they collect clinical trials about hydrogen peroxide, carbon peroxide, sodium perborate studies uh, uh, regarding their efficacy. And uh, you, can, you can't doubt that. It's mm. very efficient uh, uh, oxidation um, ingredient. But the issue that I, I found looking at the first couple of papers was the side effect, short term and long term. And then when I start to dig deeper, uh, you realize that the industry... And I guess the common person doesn't know what's involved in teeth whitening. Right, right. They think it's just, you know, I'm going to experience a bit of sensitivity yeah, and exactly. that will eventually go away without actually understanding why it's occurring. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so whilst doing this research, tell me about some of the concerns that you were coming across 
um, with the current teeth whitening industry? What were these adverse effects? You could tell that there are two types of adverse effect: an immediate adverse effect, which mm -hmm. were the sensitivity, and long-term adverse effect was was uh, demineralization and also uh, gum bleaching mm -hmm. due to the leak, leaking of the gel. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so obviously these are effects that are mitigated when you have whitening done at the dentist, yeah. right? Because dental professionals have access to gum shields where they yes. can cover the soft tissue in your mouth. Um, also, the effects on the enamel as well can be mitigated from boosting the pH level of the formulation. Yeah. So dentists have access to a dual, dual chamber syringe, right? And in one side, you've got your whitening formulation, typically hydrogen peroxide. And then in the other side, you've got a pH buffer. So potentially sodium hydroxide. Yeah. And when pushed through the syringe and these two formulas combine, it boosts the pH significantly, which is avoiding a lot of the potential risk of using peroxide on your teeth. And also, so I stopped you there, yeah. increase the efficacy. So yeah, higher pH levels yeah. also increasing the efficacy of yeah. the formula. Right, so these are all things you have access to as a dental professional, or if you go get your teeth whitened with a dental professional. I suppose the concern is when you don't have access to these things, and everybody these days has the ability to go on and purchase a teeth whitening kit from overseas, and yeah. that's dangerous because some of these kits can have 35% hydrogen peroxide, Definitely. which is well above the legal at-home limit in Australia. So I think the concern, if you agree, is that applying levels of peroxide to your teeth and gums without the access of that shield can be can deteriorate your, your oral health totally. massively. Yeah. In fact, if you look at, uh, we have done a simple market analysis of product mm -hmm. and uh, nine out of 10 of uh, take-home product, uh, they have a pH below the critical demineralization point, which is a pH 5.5, which is pH below which mm. the enamel start to demineralize. Right, so below 5.5 is the point where the enamel becomes soluble, yes. right? And yeah. then those important exactly. minerals that are dissolving away. And yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the enamel doesn't have the ability to naturally rebuild itself. So, I mean, over time, if you're doing this over and over and over again, yeah. that damage is becoming permanent. And now the sensitivity is not just short-term, right? It's, it's a long-term. It's long-term. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so understanding these sort of things, can you tell me a little bit about what High Smile does differently and specifically what you do differently yeah. in terms of formulation at the research center? Yeah, so uh, our goal uh, was to create a product that was able to whiten your teeth as well as be 100% safe without damaging the enamel and damaging your oral soft tissue, which is gums and tongue and gingivals. Yeah. Right. And how have you achieved that? We did. Mm -hmm. We did. Um, this was a long process. It was not easy. It was a very big roller coaster. But uh, we are able now to achieve a very good performance with our current PAP Plus uh, formulation. Okay, so for the listeners at the moment who aren't aware of what PAP is, can you tell us a little bit more? Uh, PAP is, uh, in, in chemical wording, is uh, phthalamide peroxycaproic acid, which is uh, a peroxy acid. That rolls off the tongue nicely. Yeah, yeah, especially with the Italian accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, phthalamide peroxycaproic Yeah, acid. let's call it PAP for me. It's easier. Yeah, nice okay. and easy. Got you. So uh, PAP is an oxidant as well as uh, hydrogen peroxide or karma biperoxide or sodium peroxide. But, however, the mechanism of action is totally different where... Uh, 
hydrogen peroxide oxidized molecule which, uh, which are uh, responsible uh, for staining your teeth in uh, using um, through a radical mechanism where PAP oxidizes the molecule through a generalized epoxidation mechanism. Right. Let's talk about the radical mechanism for yeah. a second, as you just mentioned. So hydrogen peroxide whitens through a process known as the free radical mechanism, yeah. like you just said. And yeah. during this process, dependent on the oral environment, yeah. there is a release of certain, a variety of a variety radicals. radicals yeah, right. So. Superoxide radical, hydroxyl yeah, radical, yeah. and so forth. Okay. So these radicals are very good at reacting with two stains. Oh, is that incredible. incredible? Incredible. Yeah. But they also have the ability to convert your minerals. Yes, and of, and this is all depends by the pH, uh, by the pH of your oral, oral uh, cavity. Right. Um, I would say nine percent. Like I said before, ninety percent of the time the home tech product they have, they are very acidic, mm -hmm. and therefore uh, these radicals they are able to strip the top layer of your uh, surface and uh, allowing uh, a exposed dentin. Right. And I suppose by doing that, it's referred to as etching, I'm yeah. assuming. Okay. So this etching effect, if I'm using peroxide over and over and over and more and more etching is occurring, yeah. ultimately I'm just revealing a lighter color of untouched tooth below that surface yes, layer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So realistically, will PAP be as effective as hydrogen peroxide at whitening? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, PAP itself, no, because um, there are, I, I would say there are a couple of companies around the world that use uh, PAP, but they are not able to achieve the same result that we have achieved with the PAP plus. PAP plus mm -hmm. is a combination of certain ingredients that allows safety and efficacy. Right. And that's, that's what I, what I was going to ask is because ultimately if you use peroxide every single day for two months. Yeah that etching effect is always going to reveal a wider shade of tooth. Oh, of course. Whereas PAP, because mm. it doesn't cause that etching effect, realistically, it is giving you the absolute whitest shade of natural white that you can Natural achieve. white, yes. And I suppose at the end of the day, that's the goal because we never want to have to sacrifice our health for a cosmetic no. benefit. I, yeah. think that, I think that whole concept of beauty is pain is dead now. And I think especially dental yeah. professionals, you know, should never endorse that, which they don't. So to have an option like PAP that can actually provide a healthy, natural shade of white without yeah. compromising your enamel, it's game changer. But also I give you this example, in chip uh, treatment, which is the one you get at the dentist, uh, you require to apply a gum shield to prevent gum burn, where with PAP you don't need. So it will be its very advantages of the PAP uh, formulation is to not interfere with soft tissue in your cavity. Therefore, uh, it's gonna save 20 minutes, 15 minutes of the dental. Mm, right. So the saving dentist time is a big thing. Yeah. This is not applying the gum shield. But I suppose also as an at-home option, it's now safe to use on the soft tissue in your mouth. And you don't have to have that concern of no. bleaching, burning, blistering that often comes with the use of high percentages of peroxide. Yeah, I agree with it. Right, right. So going back to the PAP plus formulation so PAP plus being the coined term of what the formulation is as a whole yeah PAP being the active whitening ingredient what else is in the formulation uh, we have a hydroxyapatite right hydroxyapatite is um, 
let's call it, it's a, a source of calcium, is a calcium phosphate uh, mineral, and uh, is used to uh, remineralize area of your tooth surface, which uh, have been de- previously demineralized due to lifestyle mm-hmm. or even uh, previous uh, teeth whitening treatment. Right, so it's a synthetic hydroxyapatite. Yeah, it's a synthetic mineral which mm-hmm. deposit in the little, um, let's in the little holes there, mm-hmm. which are the demineralized area of your tooth surface, mm-hmm. and uh, it prevents further uh, sensitivity. Right, so as opposed to treating sensitivity, it's preventing the it's sensitivity. It's preventing, yeah, right? exactly. So those external factors can't yeah. actually make their way through yeah. the layers of the tooth because hydroxyapatite's sealing yeah. that layer. Right, and anything else? Yeah, we use also uh, potassium citrate. We decided to use potassium citrate uh, because uh, this incredible ingredient has a dual function. So not only function as a great uh, pH buffer, but also has a, a great ability uh, to uh, reduce uh, pre-existing uh, sensitivity you might have uh, uh, in your uh, in your teeth. Right, right. So they're the three key ingredients that yes. make up PAP plus, and then plus everything else that plus we yeah, we have uh, uh, AVC or AVS depending on the type of formulation we, you need to use, but mm-hmm. which is a binder. And then you have the, the, the solution or the formulation is predominantly glycerin-based. Right, right. So essentially there's three active ingredients, yeah. which are your hydroxyapatite, PAP, and yeah. potassium citrate. So you spoke a little bit before about pH and yeah. pH, the pH level of a formulation being very important to the process itself. What is PAP plus sitting at? Uh, so PAP plus uh, during the... Uh, during the manufacturing, we try to uh, keep the pH uh, between uh, 6.3 to 6.8. And at the moment, uh, after uh, we have done uh, studies, uh, of stability study, and we can see after 16 months, we are sitting at 6.2, which is uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's, I mean, significantly above the 5.5 yes. point yeah. of critical point of demineralization. Yeah. And you said before as well that pH being higher also impacts the results seen from the formulation. Yes. So... What stops us from making that pH 8.5 or 9? Uh, the reason why we are uh, using a pH between, we work on a pH between 6.7 is because uh, if you, you, yes, you can create a formulation that has a pH 8, 8.5. However, you compromise the, uh, the shelf life, which I would say if you look at, uh, we have done studies that if you have a formulation a pH 8.5, the um, peroxide last uh, around uh, between half an hour and an hour so right. the shelf life is very short right so essentially higher ph means more effective but less stable exactly lower ph means more stable but, but very, very acidic very unsafe yeah so it's a bit of a seesaw you want to try and find that perfect balance which yeah. is what i'm assuming 6.3 to 6.8 is yeah. for us is that that perfect balance between the two where, again, we're in that home teeth whining business. So this product needs to be manufactured, shipped, stored, and so forth. So stable for over 16 months at 6.3? Yeah. 6.3, 6.2 depends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Right. So in terms of what the future looks like for PAP+, Plus, do you think there's an option for a dual syringe similar to what peroxide is used as with a pH booster? Definitely. But for PAP? Definitely. Uh, we have been working uh, in the last couple of months to develop a dual chamber syringe, which would be able to to bring the pH uh, of uh, the final formulation to an optimal pH for uh, uh, oxidation. Right. Well, wow. 
Well, speaking of what you've been working on in the lab, because, you know, we kind of want to give the people what they want here. I I would love to hear a little bit about what you're currently working on in the lab without giving away too much naturally. But, (laughs) you know, so the dual dual chamber syringe is really interesting because that's that's a solution for in-chair whitening. That would be only in-chair, yes. That that doesn't require gum shields. I mean, more effective whitening. Safe time of, of the dentist. Exactly, right? So... What else is there? Because I overheard the other day that you were you were telling a story about the oral environment being a very yep. important foundation. Yes. So we are looking on different fronts. Uh, one, one of them is uh, introducing probiotic in uh, oral care products. There are a couple of brands out there that use probiotic, but um, we want to introduce probiotic, probiotic in uh, oral care as a routine, not one-off. And... Um, we know that balancing the good and bad bacteria in it's very important in your mouth and uh, we know that there is a certain type of strain of probiotic strain which is able to improve your uh, uh, microbiome in the mouth okay and for people who aren't aware why is improving the microbiome important is because it's going to reduce uh, uh, to reduce uh, the possibility of having uh, caries mm-hmm. and also uh, bacteria generate acid, they, they live in acid. So, of course, if you are going to, again, is all about uh, rebalancing the pH of the mouth. Mm-hmm. So, if you are able to rebalance the bacteria, there will not be as much as acidic uh, media. Right. And therefore, you reduce demineralization. Right, right. And this, of course, will also be involving in uh, the uh, gum uh, uh, health. Right. Okay. So, because at the moment I take a probiotic for my stomach, right? I feel like a lot of people do. So as far as what this course of treatment would look like for oral probiotics, is this a one-off thing? Is it two weeks? Is it two months? What do you recommend? It depends from uh, uh, any individual. It depends on the individual. So I would say we can, you can do uh, studies shows that you can do a three, two weeks treatment and then uh, maybe a couple of months off. Mm -hmm. You, You need, you will see because after two weeks, three seven, you will see an improvement on your mouth. Right, right. And as the average consumer, let's yeah. say, how would I need? How would I find out if I need to improve my oral microbiome? I can't say much because it's a topic that we are working on at the moment. However, I can just give you a, a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are working on a novel technology that will be able to tell you what's in need and what type of uh, normal treatment, uh, dentist treatment or a daily treatment you need to do wow. to have an optimal oral care. I want to dig further and I want to press you on it, but I'll, I'll be patient and I'll wait for it to be released soon. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll have to have you back on the podcast when, uh, yeah. when we know more. All right. Well then, okay. Speaking of what else you're working on in the lab at the moment, talk to me about the oral mucosa because we do focus a lot on teeth. Yeah. Um, but are we working on anything that's good for your gums? Yes. Uh, um, gums, of course, is, uh, let's call it, it's, uh, it's the surrounding. So you need to keep a health environment everywhere. So um, we are working on uh, uh, hyaluronic acid product on A or more. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um Hyaluronic acid, I guess everyone knows that it's, uh, it's essential in uh, skincare. And, uh, we are, and we know that f- in certain dental treatment, uh, uh, hyaluronic acid is uh, used uh, to reduce inflammation, post-surgery. 
and uh, we are creating or we have been working on on product to uh, assist a daily routine if uh, you suffer from dry mouth or if you are prone to have ulcers or even just to have a, a very um, healthy oral environment. Right, right. So are we talking high molecular weight or low molecular weight? Because I know that in skincare, the most expensive hyaluronic acid products will yeah. have both in it. Yes. Some of the uh, the more common ones might only have a low molecular weight because it's better at penetrating the yeah. layers of the skin. What's what's this product? We, we work on a high molecular weight because it is able to mop up, let's call it a, what's called uh, the ROS, the reactive oxygen species. So the free radicals. Yeah, the free right. radicals, uh, which are uh, predominantly in uh, in areas where there is a high level of inflammation. Okay, so this inflammation, let's say you've yep. got flamed gums, has yep. a high concentration of these free radicals? Yes, exactly. Right, so the inflammation that might be in your gums will have a high concentration of free radicals, right? Yep. Okay, so why is it more beneficial to have a high molecular weight hyaluronic acid come into contact with those free radicals? Uh, okay, I can just explain in a very simple way. Uh, high molecular weight uh, hyaluronic acid is fragmented into small, uh, mole- uh, small fragments of uh, hyaluronic acid, which then trigger the immune response uh, to self-heal the area. Right. No, makes enough sense. Yep. So as far as the oral mucosa goes... Um, yep. We actually spoke on our last episode with Dr. Fadi Yasmin and he brought up regenerative medicine and he said that he personally believes that that's going to be one of the biggest advancements in dental uh, in dentistry within the next 10 years. Uh, I want to know a little bit about oligopeptides yes. because I brought it up with him as well and I know that you know a little bit more than I do, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. Uh, I, I think it's going to be the future for uh, oral care products. Um, so um, there is a company... The only company in the world which they discovered this product and the patented is uh, an oligopeptide P114, which uh, is able to um, attract and deposit calcium, which is present in your saliva, onto the two surface uh, and doing this uh, in a very uh, simple way. So it we're talking very, yes. natural remineralization. Natural remineralization. So we've exactly. got hydroxyapatite in our formula, which is synthetic. Synthetic. But oligopeptide has the ability to create natural remineralization. Yeah, it's able to um, to deposit. It's let's call it. It's like a key to deposit calcium that is present in your saliva on the two surface. Mm. I know for a fact that this ingredient is significantly more expensive than actual gold. Yeah, oh, definitely. So tell me, how much is actually required to have any effect? So they recommend um, around uh, um, per treatment, uh, if you look at per treatment, let's look at a a milliliter per treatment. a milliliter per treatment of gel should contain around 0.5 milligrams. Milligrams. Yes. Is enough to be effective. Is enough to be effective. Because I know that one teaspoon costs $220,000. So it's good to know that we don't need as much to be effective. (laughs) No. Right. And is this something that we're looking at in future? Yes, definitely. We are looking uh, uh, to different peptides. This could be one of the peptides. However, we know the in the late, in the last couple of years there have been a couple of research groups uh, bringing on the table uh, different type of peptides, and uh, we are talking to them to see what type of technology we can develop together. It's unbelievably impressive, and it sounds like you're working on a lot more than just teeth whitening in the research center at the moment. And I know, other than looking into peptides, you're also looking into color correction technology, which is something that's often found in purple shampoo, 
for any blondes listening to the podcast. Um, and from what I understand, it essentially works on wavelength cancellation. Yes. Right. And I want to hear a little bit more about the product before it's launched in a couple of months. Uh, so this is a, is a serum, serum gel that it's applied uh, to your teeth. You can do it as many times as you want a day. And uh, let's call it bleaching free. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, is a purple product that once applied is able to reduce the yellow tone in your teeth appearing much whiter after mm-hmm. the treatment. So it's a non-invasive way of whitening. Exactly. That's, that's a good way yeah. of putting it. You know, yeah. there's no bleaching involved. So is this a product that is designed only for superficial stains? Yes. So you surface stains. So it's yeah. like a tooth polish that you could brush your teeth with. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we can classify for superficial stain. Is a product that is designed uh, for uh, just to, to give a different appearance to your tooth. Right. Okay. So you're canceling those remaining yellow tones within your teeth by applying the complementary color. Exactly. Okay. So we got purple on one end of the spectrum, yellow on yellow, the other. And in the middle, it's white. So right. it cancel each other out. And how long does it take to produce a product like that in the research center from start to finish? Uh, from start to finish, from cost concept to uh, final R&D pro- uh, product is around a year. It took us around a year. A year. Yeah. Wow. Are you happy with the result? Great. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Very happy. I'm very, I've, I've seen it firsthand and it's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've done a very good job with it. And honestly, by the looks of what else is happening in the research center at the moment, the next 12 months is going to be crazy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Very we have exciting. a lot of proper product in the pipeline. Right. So I've got a couple of questions for you, Mauro, and it's a segment we call quick fire questions. Yeah. And it's the way that we usually finish all of our podcasts. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions and I'd love to hear the answer straight off the top of your head. Okay. Cool. Ready? I'm ready. Shit. Yeah. Do you want to drink of water first? Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Let's jump straight in. Quick fire question number one. Who is one person in your industry who you currently admire? This can be in the R&D sector. It can even be in the dentistry sector. It doesn't matter. Um, let's go a little bit on the left side. Mm-hmm. A scientist that I really admire and I have been listening to a lot of his podcasts in the last year or so is uh, Professor David Sinclair. David Sinclair. Yeah. I don't know if you know about him, but he has been spending most of his life. Uh, he's a professor at Harvard University and he has been spending most of his life in uh, investigating and developing uh, a product to uh, reverse uh, aging process. Wow. Yeah. At Harvard? Yes. Must be accomplished. We'll send him this clip as well. So we'll see <laughs> if we can get him on the podcast with you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next quick fire question. Um, out of all of the new products that you've got coming in the pipeline today, uh, which one do you think will be the most impactful on the industry? We are not too far at the moment in uh, the development stage. We are er- just early stage, but mm-hmm. I can say that oligopeptides will play a very important role for our future products. Right. I mean, natural regeneration is something that's, I mean, doesn't really exist right now. So that would be massive for the dental industry, especially for enamel. I mean, yeah. All right. Next question. Mauro, in the next five years, what do you see one of the biggest advancements in at-home teeth whitening being? Um, I would say I just can give you a, a little bite on this. We have been working for the last uh, year and a half on a new technology to improve uh, the oxidation of uh, a teeth whitening gel. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the future. So new technology, Novel technology to right. improve the oxidation process of uh, 
just staying on. Jeez, on your you're leading me along here. Yeah, it's yeah. so many. Can't secrets. say too much, but uh, we're almost definitely going to have to come back on in the next six months so we can hear all about <laughs> oh, it. Maybe twelve. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, last question, Maro. For all of the young people finishing their degrees right now and coming into this industry, what's your biggest piece of advice for them? Um, piece of advice, I would say, be humble, and you need to pick what you really love. Don't try to do something because it's a fashion or because everyone or mommy and daddy told you to do it. Just do something that you really love because if you do something that you really love, you will achieve much more. Mm. And don't cheat on your final exam. Oh, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, Mauro, thank you very much for joining us today. I've personally learned a lot from this and I hope our listeners have too. I'm looking forward to having you back on the next 12 months so you can finally reveal all of the secrets that you've left with us. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for guys for listening. Thanks, Mauro. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Dental IQ. If you enjoyed the podcast, please follow us and leave a rating. And you can also find us on Instagram at dental underscore IQ. If you'd like to join us on Dental IQ or have any topics that you want us to cover, you can reach me at fabio at dentaliq.com.au. Thank you so much for joining us again. We hope to catch you next week. Dental IQ is produced by Highsmile.